Hey, Damola and follow me. Uh, my name is Sam, and I listen to the InsurTech Business Series um, all the way from Columbus, Ohio. Um, just wanted to say, you know, great job, great work um, on opening people's minds up to the possibility of better insurance on the continent. Um, and I hope more people tune in and educate themselves on what we could be doing better to manage risk on the continent. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. Um, so excited and pumped that you were able to make it down to this new year. Um, also, the fact that it is starts for another um, amazing year for us. You know, I mean, coming from all of what had happened in 2020 and um, still living to see 2021 if for anything, I am grateful and, um, you know, we are already off to a start of other events and um, new episodes for InsurTech Business Series. Happy New Year, Damola. Yeah, Happy New Year, follow me. And Happy New Year to you listening. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, 2021 is here. I mean, 2020 seemed like a decade right? and so long. And I mean, all of the things that happened in the year. But I mean, like you said, I mean, there are a lot of things to be grateful for. Uh, 2020 was really pivotal for us, starting up uh, the whole conversation about insurance and insurtech around the African continent. We're also excited about 2021 as well. We bring a- so 2021 for us is going to be an amazing year. We intend to have a wider reach this particular year and there will be lots and lots of events that you should be expecting from us. I know that I stumbled recently on a post by Ikeriti Ologam. He wrote, so underneath is making insurance work campaign that they would like to work with the InsurTech Business Series platform. And I think that, yes, this year there's going to be a lot of partnership as much as possible so that we can further continuously preach the um, insurtech and insurance business gospel. It's important that insurance moves from what it was to something really better. So yes, I'm saying this now so that a lot of us can start anticipating and expecting, you know, some of the beautiful and amazing events that would come through the year and it won't take most of us by surprise so we can better much prepare for you know, the events that requires your active participation yeah. or contribution. A lot of things that we've lined up and we'll be sharing um, our calendar for activities for the year soon. And like you said, I mean, there are a lot of engagements and activities that are lined up. And it's all about collaboration and partnerships. That's the language I want to speak in 2021. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And so... Hey, we are happy to uh, collaborate and uh, and join hands together with with you, and to, to to expand the conversation and make the impact on the African continent that 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 needs to be made. And I mean, we also should have at the back of our mind that there's a huge opportunity here because with the the free trade agreement uh, for the African continent that is now in force from the the Jan- first of January this year, 2021. It opens up the markets for the financial industry because a lot of trade will be going on. So there are a lot of opportunities uh, for insurance as well. So I mean, I've not heard a lot about you know how insurance comes to play in this whole free trade conversation. Yeah, but 
it's important that we begin to engage the industry and begin to see how we can plug into the opportunities that are there. I like the fact that insurance should be a part of all of these conversations and, and not be relegated as it has always been. You know, so yeah. so yeah, there are a lot of engagements, a lot of conversations uh, that, that are going to go on this year. And I mean, it's super exciting that we are starting off, you know, this this year's podcast series with someone super amazing. You want to talk about her for me? Okay, yeah. she's an amazing person. And for those people that attended the conference, she was, I mean, she spoke eloquently about, um, you know, insurance and also part of the simplification of insurance and general insurance technology. And man, in the conversation with her, it was fire. Let me just put it that way. It was fire because she mm. gave, you know, practical examples. And I, I like the fact that she's very passionate about insurance. Very, mm. I, I, I know um, there are people that are passionate about insurance, but this type of person has an extra, I, I think that would be a safe word to say, like extra passion mm-hmm. or fire burning for insurance. And it's import, yeah. important when we have, you know, um, top leaders like that, they, they find a way to try as much as possible to impact the industry. Even they say the um, trickle drops actually makes an ocean. And, you know, having several trickle drops from passionate people like that eventually will make an impact just like the butterfly effect so for this particular person she's a lady and that's probably what i'm most excited that's possible that women also can move the insurance industry forward you know i'm sorry i'm i'm beginning to brag but i'm just excited I've been, we've been opportunity to meet this person and we've been opportunity to have her speak on our podcast. So I think it's Okpayemi Oshiemi. I would love that we all hear from her because she would better more explain how um, we all can contribute. And I think it's important right now, especially now that the industry needs to, you know, upscale, we need to diversify, we need to diverse, we need to generally just preach the insurance gospel. All right, so stay tuned. Could you tell us about yourself, Okoyemi? Why? So I'm Okoyemi Oshimi, and um, well, I negotiate better outcomes for insurance in Africa. Um, I'm passionate about insurance. I grew up um, doing insurance as a subject in business studies in high school. It was so much, you know, relatable sense that, um, you know, coming from a background of uh, commerce, merchants, you know, family and all of that, it was um, it was oh, pretty okay. very easy as it were to connect. You know how important what insurance does to mm-hmm. commercial activities and all that, and um, that was really where the interest really grew up from. And um, I thought to myself, right, so okay. if this topic is a course in the university. And if it is a professional course, this is what I would love to do. 
plus technology, plus marketing. I mean, those were the things I kept, you know, filling right into, you know, um, the yearbook, the slum book, you know, that would pass around in school and everything. I just had, you know, the combination of insurance plus technology plus marketing. I mean, at that time, you know, it might seem as though, oh, does this person really know what she's saying? But I really understood what I was saying. And um, yeah, I just follow through with my passion, with my interest, and um, thankful and grateful to my father of fantastic, wonderful memories. And to my mom, I had, you know, supportive parents. And um, yeah, they just wanted us to be what we want to be, uh, what um, we dream to be. So I said, insurance. And yeah, they gave me the support for what it is. And it's been, I mean, I've been on that journey since, you know, high school. And I never looked back. So, so yeah. I'm probably, you know, one of, um, one of, uh, uh, the few, as it were, I didn't stumble on insurance. I didn't stumble on insurance. I didn't, I, I didn't take it as, um, um, leftover option, or let me take this while I wait for the oil and gas job, or whatever, or whatever it is. I, with my eyes open, with my heart open, with intentionality, I feel that in, and I was all out. So it is either insurance or nothing else. So when I didn't get there first in wow. university, I mean, yeah, my first jam and all of that, I was offered, you know, other courses and all that. And I said to them, it is insurance or nothing else. And I was particular about where I wanted to study insurance, what school, if I was to do in Nigeria. So, I mean, it looked as though (laughs) this is such a strong-headed goal. You can do other courses. What, What exactly is it about the insurance? Not my parents anyways. Other people thought I was just being too extra. But of course, I knew what I wanted and there was no one that was going to discourage me in any way. And yes, I had to wait another year. And after after waiting another year, I gave it a try again. Same back to back, first choice, second choice. I knew I was going to get it. I knew what I wanted and that was what I was going to do. And I got it at the end of the day. And yeah, I've been on that journey. And here we are today. And that's, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we are today and we continue to be through generations, you know, to just authentically impact lives. How exactly were you able to pull through most of these challenges? I mean, after school, I'm sure a lot of people would have wondered that um, with the level of passion you've shown um, towards insurance, there must have been expectations. So how exactly were you able to maneuver and, you know, um, and delve properly into the insurance business? I... I personally ensure that, yes, it's good, you know, for people to have expectation of one and all of that. Good, great, fantastic. But then I clarified the fact that your expectation of me is not necessarily what um, you would get. I mean, I can't guarantee you of that, but I can guarantee you of God's expectation of me and what I'm committed to get done in line and in alignment with my God-given purpose and passion. So that sort of 
brought to the barest minimum unnecessary pressure because one, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in for it to show off. I wasn't in for it to prove any point. I was authentically in for it to impact life. And I knew that, you know, there was, yes, there is, you know, gestation period to every purpose, to every vision. And I was ready to go through, subject myself to that process and go through my process without short circuiting it. So it's been, you know, a long journey. But I was, you know, ready to go through that because anything that's going to be sustainable, anything that's authentically going to last through generations would have to pass through Mm. the process. You have to pass your test, all of your tests. Yet there's a huge advantage of what... um, Clarity of purpose does for anyone. It just keeps you, it really keeps you laser focused. You're really able to, you know, mm. very clearly distinguish between opportunity and distraction. So something might be an opportunity mm. for real, but within your own context, it might be a distraction. Mm. And that you are able to know because you have clarity of what you want to do, where you're going. And one of the things that actually helped me as well was, remember I said, you know, that I had um, I had my parents, you know, support. My father was supportive yeah. of what I wanted to do. He will be the one, he will listen to, you know, my big dreams and all of that. Sector transform the sector across Africa and all of that. As little as I was, you know, as young as I was, and he will listen to me talk, you know, and all of that, and he will continue to encourage me and give me the boost, right? So it was my father as well that did say to me while I was in uni, I was in year one or year two or thereabout, year two, and he said to me, Okay, I want you to go intern in an insurance company for you to be able to match what you're learning in the classroom with what is going on in the industry. And that changed, I mean, that was so impactful. And that's one of the reasons I continue, you know, I'm I'm so, you know, passionate about getting to create such opportunities for people coming behind because they're just something it does for you. It opens you up to another level of 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 um, exposure, of clarity, inspiration, and all of that. And that one that one decision really was very instrumental. And I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for the company that opened up their door to me. It was Stacco. I'm so grateful for that opportunity to intern right wow. there. I'm thankful for Mr. Oyefeso. Yeah. I just want to say a big thank you because, you know, that really worked. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Adebo Ali Banjo. I'm co-founder, CEO at MyCover.ai, and we are building Africa's digital insurance infrastructure. For the latest news on insurance technology in Africa, keep listening to InsurTech Business Series and stay updated. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, like that's actually a very interesting really um to have that experience and exposure at that time. Which uh, honestly I think it's one of the most important things while learning in school to have an under- a practical understanding of what it is that um one could have been doing at that time. It, it kind of broadens your mind and opens up your perspective as to how to go about it. Which, again, um, would that be one of the reasons why you established or created Femsify? Um, I'd always had a uh, big picture of running a global insurance brand, right? That is niche-focused. You know, I wanted to focus on live marine aviation, and that's where, um, you know, oil and gas, you know, fall right on that and all of that. I was, uh, uh, you know, I was specific about, you know, floating and underwriting company, right? That is focused on those core risks that, you know, people really don't really want to venture into. But it's actually, you know, leaking out fund out of the country, leaking out fund out of the continent. So that was, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the plan. And it's still the plan anyways. Now for Clemsify, right? Clemsify was also yes. born out of, um, it was um, an extension yeah, of flow, right? Of all of the expression of me for the insurance assignment. So we had, mm-hmm. um, we had a fire outbreak, right? that engulfed our home and consumed everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean everything literally burnt to ashes, right? We had nothing on, we had, I mean, we lost everything except for the clothes that we had mm-hmm. on when we went to work. So I saw it was, wow. it was of course, yeah, I'd always be passionate about insurance, authentically passionate about insurance. I know um, yeah, the power of insurance and how it can actually transform lives, you know, transform nations and all of that. But here I was, right? This fire came for yeah. me, right? It came to test my passion. It came to test my commitment to w- what I say that I believe in. And right there, I saw, I mean, firsthand how vulnerable anyone can be when such things happen. How it is important for underwriters to show up when it matters and how you can, you know, go opening up, you know, sharing your business with people that typically you wouldn't even have, you know, have had, you know, such conversation with. It's such a vulnerable state and there's a whole lot of things, emotions, your psychology, your emotion, everything, you know, just flying left, right and center and everything. And for me, it just shows, wow, you know what? This thing that I've always penned down about claim and all of that claims for years, this fire has come to try and test it. And I can see life, what's going on right now. And that just brought, you know, you know that just brought afresh. What about the thousand of people that have faced one claim or the other? What, I mean, what they were going through how some people even never recovered. And I said to myself, you know what, this particular idea that I've been sitting on this shelf for years, it's time to implement it because the time is come, it's tested it and we've got to, you know, show up so that other people too, they get to feel 
what it's like to have insurance and also for your insurance to show up. So really, that was um, it was pretty much, you know, from wow. personal experience, right? But, you know, brought out, uh, you know, implementing that idea that, that I had on the show for years. I, I don't know. I mean, losing, losing a whole lot of um, property you've acquired over time, papers, documents, you know, it's more or less like I'm um, starting over. We moved to a new place. So to me, honestly, it just feels like, oh, so exactly. God. So that's oh what people are feeling too. Yes, yeah. So now, now to my next question, right? For InsurTech, really, would you advise that um, a lot of InsurTech companies disrupt or collaborate? For me, I would say collaboration. Because really, you see, there is no, I mean, there is no how you are you are so current and uh, you are from the new that you will discard what you know the people that have gone ahead of you have done I mean to discount what they've done is not wisdom and to think that you know you can go alone is not wisdom either neither is it about you know the people that have gone ahead to think that they uh, you know, the only one that can make it happen. Now, it would, I mean, wisdom says that mm-hmm. the old and the new, right, come together to see to hear mm-hmm. where the loopholes, where we need to, re, uh, you know, innovate, reinvent, you know, tweak, and then together with an authentic sense of purpose, the bigger picture, come together in collaboration to make things happen. So really, it's not, um, I mean, it's not a war and it shouldn't be a war and people shouldn't come with that mindset Mm. as though you're going in for a war. Someone has to lose, you know, for another person to gain. It doesn't make any sense to me personally. That's not my school of thought. My school of thought is that come together, I mean, collaborate. There is something in the old that the old can bring to the table. And there's absolutely awesome stuff that the new also can bring to the table. So let's, you know, let's collaborate to make it happen for the people who really are the recipient of this. There's really disruption. I mean, well, I'm using that word disruption now from how people are taking disruption Mm -hmm. to be as though you need to come and dismantle what has been in existence. Let somebody lose for another to gain. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So is in that context of disruption that I'm saying not disruption for collaboration. Oh, okay, okay. Because um, majority of um, some of the um, documents that we've read over time or that I stumbled on, um, there's this all discussion around how this insurance technology businesses would take over the. Um, existing business, traditional businesses. And, um, you know, I would give an instance with Lemonade, for yeah. instance, in the U.S., how they've been able to, you know, like, they disrupted that particular space in terms of um, timeline that they used to pay claims, timeline that they used to um, underwrite generally. The operational models are equally different. So um, from what you said, yes, it's actually um, um, really pra- more practicable than disruption for yes. um, Nigeria. As, as much as 
it, it, as much as um, disruption for other um, climbs might be possible, um, you've actually said really right, in my own opinion. I wouldn't know about the um, listeners anyway. But yes, um, collaboration, as you said, is okay. So on that note, what do you think um, the current state of the capitalization process, how do you think it would affect most of these traditional businesses? And do you think it's also going to affect um, InsurTech as well in any way? I know it's for traditional, uh, but do you think it's, it's just going to be any impact in the general industry in Nigeria? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean very clearly, the recapitalization process in itself, I think that... Um, well, we tend to sort of get the moment we hear recapitalization, as it were, yeah, everyone just zeroes in on the currency, the capital. Yes, um, yes, the capital is, you know, at the core of it. But much more than that, really, the whole idea of even, you know, jacking up, you know, the capital requirement is so that it's able to do what is supposed to do in terms of more funds, right, to strategically yeah. invest in infrastructures that would help, you know, move businesses forward and move the industry forward. Help, you know, invest in talent, grow your talent and all of that, right? Scale yeah. up your business, your operation, your processes, right? Given that, you know, with that, you know, as um, yeah, at the background, it then means about um, recapitalization. Really, if recapitalization is done from you know from that holistic lens, right? Mm-hmm. It would impact. It would impact everyone, hopefully, in a very positive way. If we look at it with the right mindset and from the right perspective, as supposed thinking, you know, to probably you know x out who cannot meet capital requirement. I think that even beyond capital requirement, there should actually be, you know, some parameters, right? That also, you know, checkmate the fact that it's not just enough that you have the capital or that you can bring, you know, investors together to jack up your capital. That in itself shouldn't be, you know, the sole KPI. It should actually be used, right? As a vehicle as well to see that, other core areas that we need to get sorted. Yeah, people pay attention to it. Pay attention to authentically investing in people. Invest in your workforce. Invest in people. Invest in long-term, you know, infrastructure that will continue to propel and enable the industry, enable the business to be sustainable in itself. I believe that we missed a very, very, very crucial, you know, timing, turning point. When Nikon initially said, you know, when they were restructuring, yeah, they were trying to restructure the sector to say that Mm -hmm. you play in the niche where you believe that you have your Mm core strength and you have Mm -hmm. what it takes to play in there. That was a fantastic Mm -hmm. idea initiating that if people truly were actually seeing the big picture, I mean, no one should have, you know, um, tried to stop that. I mm. thought, in my opinion, I thought that wasn't wise. Because, again, why would you stop something that at the end of the day would help, 
you know, would help the sector authentically grow. Yeah. I mean, why do you want to play? Why do you have to play in, you know, all of the niche when your core forte? I mean, when your forte is in a particular area, I mean, it just makes it makes its wisdom. It makes economic sense. It makes all the old sense. I mean, channel your resources where your core strength is. And I mean, for people to then think that, yeah, because, you know, the tier based one is, you know, some people will not be able to play. Hey, everyone doesn't have to play in energy business. And even energy business isn't big enough as it were. It's not big enough compared to the lives that needs to be impacted. Mm. So if you don't have that muscle, just play. I mean, it was very clear if someone had actually, you know, gone for that tier one, you know, yeah, the tier based one. Take for instance, yeah. if someone's yeah. was in motto, for instance, and you decide to say, you know what, I'm a motor insurance carrier. It's incredible yeah. the impact you would make and the number of market share you rake in, and your position yeah. as the go-to for motor. I mean, it was so. I mean, it was such a very fantastic, clear way to have actually made Edwin. But for whatever random reason, I don't know the people that objected to this. I mean, we really have to be very, very sincere with ourselves. But mm. do we really want this industry to move forward? Or that is just to serve, you know, um, some personal interest of some people? Because if we really wanted to move forward... I mean, yeah, the second move of Nikon won't also be stopped. Yeah, I just read some 48 hours ago, thereabout, that yes, the National yes. Assembly asking them to step down on. Now, and, my, and what just went through my mind is, for crying out loud, even when the banking sector were recapitalizing, because we know that these things were going to help the economy. I mean, yes, they said COVID and all of that, but really... If we were so, if we're authentically, you know, about the people, the well-being of the people, isn't it what needs to be done? What needs to be done got to be done. But then I would say that, um, you know, just using this platform to appeal to Nikon, if we can, you know, go back also to the tier base, I think that's a fantastic initiative restructuring that could actually work and propel the industry to the next level. Let's play to our strengths. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. It sort of, you know, um, also throws out opportunities to people that are thinking of coming into the industry with a, for instance, with, um, with the aim of selling one particular product at a time. It was it was really fantastic, but a lot of people complained back then. If I remember about the timing and about the um, which now thinking about it sounds a bit ridiculous um, about the fact <laughs> there's that never been a timing for anyone. Yes, it, it's, it's, never, there is there is no better timing for you. Got to do what you got to do because when you continue to shift the goalpost, you want to turn the T's and the I's. By the time you're done, you know dotting the T's and the I's, then you realize that, okay, right there, you've gotten there. But then the criteria is moved again. The standard is shipped already. Then you start again. It's like, you know, moving around in circle. I think that we need stakeholders, all stakeholders, really. We need to put aside our personal interest and look at the interest of an industry that has the endless possibility to authentically transform lives of people 
I think when we continue to look at this thing from the big picture perspective, life's purposes that have been shelved, people's dreams that have been cut short because of this thing, I think we will begin to put, you know, the interest of people first before bottom line. Now that's my personal opinion, and I own it 100%. Hi, I'm Dr. Neto, founder and CEO of Wella Health, where we're working on affordable access to healthcare using technology and alternative care pathways, microinsurance being central to our work. I'm delighted to be on a chat on InsurTech Business Series, where we talk about some of the stuff we're learning at Wella Health and how we can improve insurance adoption across Nigeria and Africa. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you for that, honestly. So, um, okay, I know that now with um, in this current development about the globalization, but what do you expect to see in the new year? It's so COVID, but there's the recapitalization coming in, which we don't even know if it's going to be a successful phase or not. And then, of course, we are hoping to see market penetration with the recent microinsurance window for the industry. Right. So for me, what I expect to see this year is I expect to see authentic sense of purpose across across the sector, really, in making insurance impact lives in truly meaningful way. I expect to see visibility more visibility because now you know in every crisis right there's a message if we're intentional and deliberate enough right to see in the crisis what the message is it has the singular you know capacity right to compel us to greater art so if we're really getting the message all of the message that all of the crisis is pointing us to and we have you know that sense of purpose enough to see that this message is becoming clearer of the position that we need to take and what we've got to do and commit to then i mean that visibility we wouldn't even have to spend we wouldn't have to spend so much right on doing pr we will be able to invest those allocations of pr uh, you know but at image correction and all of that, we'll be able to channel it into other more strategic things that would, you know, move the industry to even more, you know, eye and to greater eye. So I would expect to see, you know, visibility. And part of, you know, visibility really is deliberately, now we've got to invest in our people. I continue to see this thing okay. and it's so it's okay. so scary, right? It's scary that the code, right? Well, they need to pass the button. Now there is a button pass, right? There's a transition happening. But mm-hmm. hey, how do you who do you pass button to when we've not, you know, really invested in the people we were to look back, we're to look back to give the button to. You see, this crisis mm. is actually, you know, bringing out messages that we need to listen to, the pause we need to listen to and begin to act right. So part of the visibility as well is actually positioning our workforce right by deliberately investing in them for real. 
let's invest in people because if we don't invest in our workforce it's a global competition now global and aside that you know complementary mm-hmm. sectors and all that so imagine if your industry if the people that are the engine of an industry i mean an industry is as uh, is as strong as its workforce and is as strong as the people holding fort right on there so let's be more visible by investing mm-hmm. genuinely and deliberately investing in people investing in process investing in infrastructure let's put premium on what is important the third will be that you know stakeholders you know let them commit let all commit to actively you know investing in technology infrastructures not just in silos or just you know running after you know what we think that you know is the buzzword let's be authentic and deep about this thing and invest strategically to really you know position and propel the industry for a long term you know visible impact in the life of the people and the economy that's what i would say and also that of course very clearly business models are going to change and it would it would go beyond you know just mounting it it will have to be backed up with action that are in alignment with what it is that we're saying is going to change the business model very clearly is going to change insurance is not going to be done the way it used to be done so everyone need to be okay. open to all of these changes people will begin to demand i mean i don't i don't have to pay for for instance motor insurance for one year when you know 75% of the time my motor is parked in the garage and i'm walking remotely mm. so you see what i'm talking about so here is a telematics yeah, is yeah. going to come on on you know on the four ai cloud mm-hmm. computing cyber security yes pay attention to it in the context you know of the industry of our businesses and all of that and much more as well in the context of what you know the people will be demanding and yeah data analytics as well mm-hmm. so yeah that's what i was saying and a whole wow. lot of collaboration 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 there is no island you cannot afford to be an island and you cannot afford to look too big or feel too big honestly i particularly like the fact that you alighted everything it's, it makes it easy for um whoever is listening to understand that these are to do's basically like if an organization hasn't even thought yet about the strategy these are ways to go about it but out of what you said i had um two questions and one has to do with investment in people right so before i invest in someone i i need to have like a degree of um i don't want to say confidence basically um that this person i'm investing in can do what um i what i mean my organization is set out to achieve so what skills do you think or what attitude would you encourage professionals to have in this um, coming year like what are we looking to change you've you've asked that we change organizational models um you know bringing like um, technology so what skills would you advise um for people professionals themselves to right. acquire so of course um you know it's no news that uh soft skills are so very key <laughs> and important technical skills good but you see i would rather write and i want to believe you know for the majority of the people 
that it's easier, right, to actually bring someone up to speed on the technicalities yeah. of something, you know, of a business or a trade, than it is, you know, you know, for the soft skill side of things. The things that keep things, you know, make things happen. The soft skill side, people need to pay attention to it. You need to pay attention to value system, strength of character. And that ties into ethics, work ethics. Now, majority of the people will be working remotely and all of that. Now, it would take, you know, strong, you know, work ethics and character, right, to do what you sign up to do. I mean, no one is going to be right on your shoulders, you know, HR chasing you about. They don't have to chase you about. You have to get it done. So work ethics is important. It's about, you know, collaboration as well. As professionals, there is no solo, you know, all of this, you know, one one superstar in the midst of, uh, you know, average people. And then the so-called superstar feeling fly, not actually, you know, not being deliberate enough to empower people around them. That would work in this new season. It's about collaboration. You've got to be able to distill your ability to play, you know, in a team, collaborate with other people to make things happen. You don't have to get things done by yourself all alone, just so that they know that you can do it. It's your ability to be able to collaborate. So your collaboration skills, collaboration skills will be very key. Your ability to commit to continuous, you know, learning. No one is going to chase after anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, things are moving so fast and rapidly. So people got to commit to continuous learning. Yeah. I mean, it's absurd that, I mean, people can stay one year without reading nothing. Beyond, you know, just, you know, focusing on how insurance works. There are other things that makes life work. So we're in life, not just insurance. Insurance is a subset of the life. Mm. Yeah. yeah, being able to, I mean, you've got to be resilient and creative. You've got to think on your feet, creatively take initiative and all of that. Yeah, adaptability as well, I would say. And um, digital media, right. I mean, there's no excuse to say, oh, you know, all of these things, I don't know how to use it. It's, you know, it's just for the millennials. It's for the, no, 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 that wouldn't work in this new dispensation. We got to commit to what we got to do. So all of this adaptation, time management, collaboration, continuous, you know, learning and, um, yeah, creativity. And I would add one more thing. Yeah, people say emotional intelligence, right? That's very key. Also, spiritual intelligence is very, very key in this dispensation. You've got to be able to discern. I mean, as policies are flying left, right and center, we must be able to decode and discern which one really is which. Yeah. Which is which and which one would actually propel us authentically, propel us forward for the long haul. Not propel us and then, you know, set us back another, you know, two, three decades backwards. And um, we're opening up um, an initiative, right, for professionals yeah. in the insurance, you know, industry across Africa between the age of 18 and 27 right to mentor them yeah 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 to mentor the next generation insurance talent because there's a whole lot Mm. that makes up you know a competitive workforce and yeah we want to make that happen for the next generation the button is changing and we must be sure that as we are handing over the turn to the next generation that they are well equipped right 
to be able to deliver and even do much more and be able to stand at par mm-hmm. with their contemporaries in other sectors across the globe. And that I'm committed to make that happen for the next generation of insurance, you know, professional. Some people invested in us. And that's why we're here today. No man is an island. And I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful yeah. to God to such people. I'm grateful to God to late Mr. Lija I'm grateful to God to Mr. Tola Dekwengi. I'm grateful to God. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful to God to, you know, quite a number of people here yeah, in the sector that have at one point or the other mm-hmm. been, you know, part of my own journey. And I know that, you know, quite a number of you might not probably have, you know, that chance. But then a way of also when you've been able to stand right, you should look back to help other people to stand. So that opportunity to be able to mentor other people, um, you know, through our platform, Gen X Africa, we are helping, you know, the next generation of insurance professionals from age 18 to 27 to prepare them and to get them moving for what is in, you know, the 21st century and beyond and position them to take the industry to the next level of sustainability. So if there is anyone out there within that age bracket that is interested, please just send us an email at gennext at opayoshiemi.com. So gennext is J-E-N-E-X-T at opayoshiemi.com. Just shoot us an email and um, we would um, take it off from there. Wow, like fantastic thing you're doing really. I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped that there's this platform for people in that in the you know in the insurance space to to grow, to develop and I hope to see you know more of this in the coming year, honestly, because this is this is really important. It is pressing. Times are changing, skills are changing, like you said. And I like the fact that you you know, mention all of these things that are required. Um, which brings me to my final question. You know, uh, you talked about um, remodeling for insurance. And um, I know that one of our issues in Nigeria has always been the fact that people don't trust insurance. And this stems from the fact that back then, a lot of word of mouth got out that insurance people don't pay claims. So how do you think that we can revamp our claims management in the industry? Or, uh, you know, get people's uh, buying and get a lot of customers to trust us again that of the three, insurance, the insurance industry in Nigeria truly, truly pay claims. Well, right. So, so first off, I would say that, I would say that first on the part of, um, yeah, the players, right? We should always, um, we should not, you know, promise what we cannot deliver, right? And on the part of we, yeah. on the part of we, the insuring public, we shouldn't ask for what would make people to fail and not deliver on their promises. Mm. So it's a two-way street. So when we continue to say that insurance doesn't pick in, in as much as, well, I don't, well, well, <laughs> to me, I don't think, I don't think so. I think that this same lingo that continue to, you know, 
move from one generation to the other. It just, you know, it started at a point and people just begin to pass that same notion from year to year and all of that. But really, most often than not, they are not true. They're not necessarily true. And also as, as ensuring public, we also should be honest and truthful with ourselves as well. We should stop demanding. I mean, we need to put, you know, at that level of, um, that level of, um, I mean, we need to hold ourselves to as ensuring public accountable to as well. We should stop demanding from the people that are helping us, you know, carry our risk, right? What they can't, I mean, what will set them mm-hmm. up for failure? So we set them up for failure when we continue to demand that they reduce their rates just so that they get the business. Momentarily, it will look as if it's working. But when the claim comes, because we, we, we were the people that set them up, they will not be able to deliver because they did that because they didn't want to lose the business. And we actually, we were the people that used the, the bait on the people that were supposed to help us to carry our risk. So I would say both parties, we got to be fair to one another. With that said, in terms of, you know, claims, you know, about the management, we have to be intentional, we have to be deliberate, we have to be innovative about all that we do. When we continue to have at the core of what we do, yeah, the well-being of the people, the lives of the people, every action that we take would actually help, you know, align to really want to meet their needs. And that's the whole idea. So let's be intentional. Let's be creative. Let's be innovative, right? And then let's leverage technology to translate all our intentionality, our creativity, and our innovation to make claims, indeed, you know, an experience, indeed, for the people. We are here to serve. And we are as powerful as the president of a nation. We are as powerful as a surgeon right there in the theater room. We are also, you know, surgeon. Wow. We are surgeon right in the lives and the assets of the people. That's what keeps them going. So when we continue to see it that way, we'll be more deliberate to make things easy and better for them, make their experience better. So let's be intentional, let's be creative, let's be innovative, and let's leverage technology. Leverage technology, collaborate with others to make things happen for the people that will say that we have their best interest at heart. And I believe that when we continue to do business with conscience, business with purpose and intentionality, everyone will win. Bottom line will add up. Lives will transform. Nations will transform. And everyone will be better. That's the kind of you know, industry we want to see. That's the kind of life we want to see. And we all just want to embrace insurance without having to be forced to do it. And I know that in the coming years, people will begin to take insurance willingly without it being forced down their throats. So let's help them make that happen too as well. Thank you so much. Like, I'm sure that this conversation is what we require to you know, start the new year because it's really important. And um, you've been able to address all of the pain points, all of the issues and you know most of the strategies I've mentioned this before and I'm saying it again most of the strategies that we need to scale through the year 2021 and thank you so much for your time we hope to have more conversations with you in the future and see how we can also be a part of you know um, Gen X because it's it's really important to um, see how to 
to see that young professionals in the industry are also um, leveraging on all of these opportunities and building up skills, you know, and will be happy to contribute and happy to help. So thank, thank you very thank much. Thank you so much okay. for having me. And I just want to say that you guys keep the good work going. It gets only better. Thank you so much for being a valuable and impactful bunch of a team. I believe the best of you guys and I know that it, it only gets better. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and have a fantastic year. Hey, Damola and follow me. Uh, my name is Sam and I listen to the InsureTech Business Series um, all the way from Columbus, Ohio. Um, just wanted to say, you know, great job, great work um, on opening people's minds up to the possibility of better insurance on the continent. Um, and I hope more people tune in and educate themselves on what we could be doing better to manage risk on the continent. Thank you. Hi, and welcome to the news update. My name is Opeoloa. Senate passes bill to make health insurance mandatory for Nigerians. The chairman, Senate Committee on Health, Dr. Ibrahim Oluriagbe, says the Senate has passed a bill that will make health insurance mandatory for all Nigerians. Oluriagbe disclosed this at the inauguration of Group Individual and Family Social Health Insurance Program, GiveShip, held recently in Abuja. It is also worthy of note that the National Assembly has passed the National Health Insurance Authority Act. It will not be referred to as the National Health Insurance Scheme, NHIS, again. It will now be National Health Insurance Authority, NHIA. A scheme in the NHIS will only mean a scheme. Insurance companies recorded an investment revenue growth of about 938 billion naira in 2020. Despite the challenging operating environment and the low investment rates in the country, insurance companies recorded growth in investment income of about 938 billion naira. The life segments made over 60% of the income which were invested in lucrative investment instruments while leaving the remaining 40% for the general insurance. The Nigerian House of Representatives mandates the suspension of industry recapitalization. The Nigerian House of Representatives has instructed the National Insurance Commission, NICOM, to suspend the initial phase of the recapitalization process expected to be met by insurance companies in Nigeria on or before the 31st of December 2020. The decision was unanimously made in a bid to cushion the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic as well as the economic downturn over the last few months. Elan progresses to institute professional exams for new entrants. The Institution of Laws Adjusters of Nigeria, Elan, has advanced efforts to institute professional examinations for new members into the profession. The Institute is thereby collaborating with the Chartered Insurance Institute of Nigeria to bring an end to the lingering issue of disenfranchisement of students' loss adjusters from sitting for professional examination. 
Reginald Egbuniwe, President of Ilan, said at the yearly meeting of the association, several inquiries about the recent developments has been sent to the association in the bid to know the position of incoming and existing students of its former examinations. That's all on the news update. Welcome to the year 2021 and I wish you a great year ahead. Back to Damola and follow me. Hi and welcome back. Uh, that was that was fire. <laughs> that was fire. Uh, thank you, thank you for 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 sticking in up until now. And I, I really enjoyed that conversation, uh, stemming from the fact that you know a passion, even though it was from from a young age, uh, I think it, it was really ignited when she had that personal experience with with the fire and things like that and that really just yeah. pushed her to 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 go on and, and make the kind of impact that she is making and even intends to even make in the coming future uh it, it's super uh, amazing how much she has been able to do and the kind of uh, impact that uh, is even still possible and uh, you were saying earlier i mean that uh, uh you know women um being able to make impact in the industry and it's part of the reasons why we, we engage some of these conversations and we want to go beyond the, the fact that hey we are just speaking to men but speaking to everybody women inclusive who are doing amazing things and there are a lot of women who are doing amazing things in the industry around the continent of africa and Okoyemi is one of them what stood out for you I like the fact that she mentioned the old tier based thing. I know that it might mm. seem like it's yeah. past tense, but mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more with her. Looking at the fact that if the insurers had allowed that particular recapitalization process to scale through, a lot of people mm. would have entered the industry with new ideas. Mm. You know, um, if I'm able to sell a particular product that I am good at, I would relatively do more than, yeah. you know, a jack of all trade who has no specialty in anything. And so, um, like she mentioned, like if it's possible to have a comeback from, from that, it would, it would actually, um, it would be good for our industry mm-hmm. now, especially for other people that are looking to penetrate our market. And why am I saying this? Is because a lot of insurance companies that we currently have in Nigeria are mostly skewed towards the health, towards HMO. And that's mm-hmm. because they can easily unbundle certain products and focus on mm-hmm. that particular product type. So imagine if we have those tiers in insurance and for insurance technology that want to focus on just motor insurance for instance they would be able to unbundle the entire motor insurance packages and focus on whichever mm-hmm. one it is that they want to focus on so it could be third party it could be the comprehensive they could even you know make the product so flexible that a customer can decide to pick whatever um, products benefits that they want. So yes, I for me, that was one of um, um, the many things that she said that I held on to. Also, um, for 
are we even like the recapitalization news about uh, I mean, the suspension mm, of the recapitalization yeah. news? Yeah, I was, going to, I was going to even mention that as well because really, uh, I'm I'm wondering like circles. Yes, because the last time we tried to carry out a tier base, it just seemed like it was a no-go area because you know um, insurers actually took NICOM to courts and 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 of course the mandate was withdrawn. And then again, what it's like we're going back to status quo. Like, and I, I'm here asking, what exactly do we want? Do we want to move forward? Or do we just want to keep dancing around in circles, like you mentioned? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I mean, I wanted to ask you: Are you more uh, active in the industry? And I mean, just to pick your mind on I mean, what you are seeing uh, from your own point of view and how the industry is is, is going. Really, uh, so I mean, I, I am in a forum where there are a couple of. Uh, executives from insurance companies and mm-hmm. so when uh, the news about the, the recapitalization being called off or pending by the court and things like that you know was shared there and and one of the um managing directors of one of the insurance companies you know mentioned the fact that they that hey that uh, the recapitalization probably was not a good idea uh, that uh, people are already actually even struggling at the moment to even uh get their um, investors and, and stakeholders uh, return on their investment, you know, with the, the the capital that they have now. And they're now saying they should increase it to, you know, 18 billion, you know, for composite and 8 billion for, for life, 10 billion for general. Uh, so what, what, what do you think about that? Because, I mean, I saw that and I said, okay, yeah, you have a point, right? But at the end of the day, even at what you're doing, you are not able to still get a good share of the market, right? You are still struggling with 1% and it's not like uh, you are doing anything new in order to change what the status quo. If you are saying that you want to remain the way it is, Mm -hmm. but then you are not doing a different thing, right? In order to get a better result in terms of returns on investment or then you are still yeah. going to be in the same position. I mean, what's your take, what's your take on all of that? Because, I mean, what we have seen before now is insurers depending majorly on investment income. But yeah. the underwriting uh, income is not really as important. Um, now that you asked like, two questions, I just answered this um, first one. So, of course, we will not generate underwriting income because the market penetration is relatively low. Most times when people even obtain businesses, it's usually for, I mean, corporate businesses, it's usually to protect their bottom mm. line. And these are businesses that are probably recycled and passed on from hand to hand. Mm. So I, I probably give Damola and Sons this business today. And then when I when I feel like Damola and Sons probably didn't give me what I want or the kind of service I want, I move on to Victoria and family. I don't know if you understand my point. So at the end of the day, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. We're, not, we're not going out to create something entirely new. Now, coming back to um, recapitalization now, I think a lot of insurers need to start asking themselves, why? what's the rationale behind the recapitalization? What is NICOM out? What is what are they setting out to achieve? Now, mm-hmm. I can remember when you know a lot of banks had to 
go through that recapitalization phase and then it seemed like a, a lot of brands were going under we had to we were forced mm. to um you know merge with other banks and all of that today mm. you have formidable banks as a matter of fact, they have the large financial um, um, shares in the country in terms of um, contribution to GDP in the financial industry. Then you can come back and tell me that you are okay with staying in the 0.3% penetration. And then we come back and say recapitalization is the way to go in order for a lot of companies to increase their solvency margin. They are able to absorb a lot of businesses, collect a lot of... I'm going to give one instance with oil and gas, for instance. What is being um, insured in Nigeria with oil and gas mm. is obviously reinsured. Mm. Insurers only absorb just a fraction of it. Like, okay, this money would do my business good mm. by the time i put this on my books it will look it will make mm. it look as safe good for my portfolio yes yes mm. so we can't keep doing it's good for my if we are able to increase the capital is as good as we'll be able to absorb more risk we'll be able to think outside the box special risks mm. for instance i'm not talking about oil and gas now i'm talking about mm. special risks like in terms of um, um over there they do a lot of um pardon my french but they do a lot of crazy ass special risk like for instance <laughs> Now. Yeah, people that do um, um liposuction, plastic surgery, and mm. all of that, they are mm. for it because they have the capacity to, you know, yeah. on ensuring your leg, your yes. face, yes. your voice. Now, imagine there was COVID nineteen, and all insurance mm. companies could do was to write it as an exclusion. So those are the mm. kind of things mm-hmm. that we're looking out. So if we keep saying that there's recapitalization, we cannot go through the recapitalization because, because, because eventually it defeats the purpose of, we start, people start asking the question, are, are we ready to grow? Or we just want to dilly dally about this thing. Why don't we have or find another solution as to whether to go back to tier based and see how we can play within mm. that space, or better to prefer another solution to Nikon? We can't sit down mm. on the same fence and expect that we will, we will be able to move forward or backward. We're stagnant, basically. Yeah. We're stagnant. Mm-hmm. So, in yeah. my opinion, I think Fine. that the recapitalization is the way to go whether or not we like it some companies are already merging so what would you do yeah. about, and then going to court now to say that we want that process to be stopped in the first place yeah the there are some companies who have already gone on to meet up yes. the, the the 18 billion i mean if you have if you don't have it why not go and find someone to collaborate with i mean exactly. merge, you know and, and and get this thing done at the end of the day you're able to still do the insurance business that is about creating value for the common Nigerian and helping to to build that trust uh, uh, for the industry. I, I mean, but, but, but before we leave this point, I mean, I, I think it is important again, looking at it from their point of view, because their argument now is saying that there was COVID, the looting and things like that. And recently, NIA released some, some numbers as regards claims to be paid about excess of $7 billion. Uh, yeah. And it still didn't count. A lot more are still be still going to be, you know, assessed in the coming days and, and, and months, maybe even years. Do you think yeah. it's valid? I think it's a form of lack of preparation. Recapitalization mm. has been ongoing before the pandemic. It's been ongoing before NSAS protests. As a matter of fact, the deadlines have been postponed back to back mm. to back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, companies that I feel were forward thinking had moved ahead. To say, you know what, I'm not going to be caught off guard. I'm going to prepare yeah. ahead before um, mm-hmm. the deadline for recapitalization. 
Me, I just think that this is just some. Um, yes, I understand that. I mean, there have been some events in 2020 which would have been a way crippled business. But then again, yeah, this thing wasn't. It wasn't. It just. It, it didn't just drop from anywhere in recent times. And so by yeah. now, I have expected that organizations would have actually met the initial phase of recapitalization yeah. to yeah. you know increase that fund to at least <laughs> I know for life to about five billion. Fifty percent. Yes, yes, fifty percent generally. Thank mm. you. So by now it have happened. Even if the um, yeah. uh, it was going to be complete as at the time of the deadline yeah. because of the yeah. pandemic. So I don't expect mm-hmm. that we would by now be asking to suspend the fifty percent of the initial phase of the um, um recapitalization process. Mm. It still doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. Wow, it's this is this is this is a conversation. I'm sure we can go on and on. It's, it's really, uh, but, but, but yeah, we'll definitely uh, still be engaging a lot of stakeholders as regards all of this and, and seeing how we can take advantage of even all of the opportunities that the, all of these things still offer, right? Uh, yeah. Like we mentioned, some insurance companies have already even gone on to improve their their capital base and things yeah. like that. Some have already merged. Some companies have merged. I'm sure some uh, announcements will be coming you know, in yeah. the following weeks and months, right? Uh, and so there are opportunities. And Nikon uh, releasing the uh, micro insurance window, sure. which is yeah. very huge. Yes. Uh, 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 that, that that portrays an opportunity for a lot of partnership collaboration between insurance companies, ecosystems, insurtechs coming into the space. You know, uh, e-commerce companies. You know, and things like that. And so it, it's, it's an exciting time. Uh, and we are, we are we are all for this. <laughs> we are all for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> all yeah. right, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, always listening. And um, like I said, we'll try as much as possible to share you our you know calendar for the year, so you can know how to be available. Um, we also hope to hear your feedback, especially on the recapitalization. If you're an insurance yeah. expert, it will actually be very it will be very important to hear your views. Um, I mean, there's a little that we can say, and um, mm-hmm. you might know better. Um, if we are thinking from a different angle, you can see yeah. from a wider, you can help us see from a wider perspective. So we would really like your feedback, and um, you can you could type in your feedback. Um, um, on our page that's on, on our LinkedIn page just in the comment um, box we would like to read and respond to your comment so thank you once again um, for being our ardent listeners and um, we hope that you enjoy the rest of your week yeah yeah wish you a splendid 2021 ahead and uh, this is the first one of 2021 first episode of 2021 a lot more conversations will definitely be coming up and we're super excited about them and uh thank you very much we still remain uh, focused on encouraging learning fostering innovation and and bringing uh bringing us together networking you know so that we can grow each other you know and, and develop this space so yeah thank you very much Bye. stay safe mm-hmm.